This episode of the podcast is brought to you by being sexually attracted to a step-sibling, but not really being sure if you should advance because they're family, but not really. <laughs> but maybe. Here's Johnny. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are doing another character study, and that is of Jack Torrance from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Came out in 1980. It did. I almost thought I didn't write that down. <laughs> <laughs> you, I don't know. I don't remember how we did the character study so, like last time. Do, are we going to go over the plot of the film, or are we just going to talk about do, the man do himself? Do the plot of the film first, and then we'll go back and forth of like questions. Well, you do the we... plot of the film. That's your thing. No. Oh, oh no. I do that. No, no you do the director. No, you do the director. You do who's in the film. <laughs> what day is it? All right. <laughs> Thursday? <laughs> All right. So the plot of the movie of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which is an, a sort of adaptation of Stephen King's The Shining. But kind of. Kubrick did a lot. He took a lot of liberties, and it's very well known that Stephen King really dislikes this film because of how many liberties he took and how much stuff he changed. To the point where he made a miniseries movie of it. And it was awful. Yeah, it was garbage. It was terrible. Um, so let's just get into The Shining. So if you don't know, it's about a man named Jack and his family who get the wonderful job of being the caretakers of an hotel during the winter. And basically the whole point of it is Jack is like, oh, I'm a writer and I need some seclusion hmm. and this will be a perfect time. So they become the caretakers of this hotel. But little did they know that it's the hotel... Haunted. <laughs> it's painted <laughs> with geosts. Um it was built on an Indian burial ground. <laughs> no, it really was. They say that in the movie. Oh. That part I wasn't paying attention to. They said that. It was really built on an Indian burial ground. And they should do skiing. And skiing they, would do great for that. That is true. And uh, it's kind of like the downfall and the watching of a man go insane and try to murder his family during the course of like three months, probably. Maybe I'm, even less mm, than that. Less than that. Because yeah. like... When it starts become winter, it's a month later. And then literally it's the span of like four days where yeah. Jack goes insane okay, yeah. and tries so, to murder A month them. and four days. Yeah. <laughs> so not even halfway through their their watch of the hotel. Right. Could have at least made it halfway through Very before true. trying to kill your family. What a dick. Yeah. No. <laughs> There's so many rooms he could have gone into <laughs> um, and all right, jerked so. off. <laughs> Um, let's talk Jack. Okay. So, uh, I have a, some, a decent first question. Ooh, okay. So, do you believe he was always evil or or crazy in a sense? Or was it the hotel that really yeah. brought it on? So, that's a good question because I sort of have a similar question. And I don't know if I would necess necessarily say that he was evil, but I would definitely say that Jack is not a good guy. Um, it's revealed that he... Back in the past with his family, mm -hmm. he drank a lot. Yeah. He's hurt his kids and possibly his wife. Um, He's very on edge and very confrontational very, all the time. All the time. Um, and you could tell that from when he has that meeting with, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, the owner? Yeah, Stuart Ullman. Mm -hmm. when, he has, when he has this sit down with Stuart Ullman and they're talking about He's kind of giving him the rundown of like what his duties will be, and then he has, and then he tells him like, "Oh, by the way, there was a murder here," and blah 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 blah. And he kind of gives him that whole thing. You can tell that Jack is lying to yeah. to uh, the owner because. 
he's kind of like, oh no, my our family's gonna love it there, like you know, and and like you get this sense immediately that like he actually doesn't really. He's never like he hasn't even really gone over this with his family that much in detail. Like they're just doing it for the simple fact because he wants to do it because he wants to write and he wants to have like this kind of um, you know area where he's going to be alone and no distractions. Mm-hmm. And then and then they uh, the owner tells him like, hey, also there was murders here, and he even goes as far. as Jack is like, yeah, well. I think my wife will even like that even more because she loves ghost stories and she loves like she'll she'll probably find it even like even kind of like funny. Yeah. And they don't really go over to but like he was a teacher and it kind of leads you to believe that he was fired from the teacher's job probably for drinking or probably for like scolding a kid so badly (laughs) murdering him with an axe (laughs) (laughs) and then Um, freezing himself. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, I don't think. I, I would say that Jack the 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 descent into madness isn't as far mm-hmm. because of the simple fact that he's kind of already there. Yeah, I think that the house is literally just like the push over the edge. Yeah, like he was kind of him. on that cusp the entire time. Yeah, like had it been that they just stayed where they were, like in their house, yeah. maybe like two years down the road, he would have just murdered them anyways. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> um, I also think that an interesting thing or an interesting theory as to Jack as to why he's like the way that he is and he's, mm. always, he's always so angry and whatnot is the simple fact that I think that him wanting to be a writer is really affecting him because he's not really that good of a writer. No. At least from like the you know from like the the perception of how I take it is she says to his wife says to him while they're at the hotel he, she I don't know she says something to him and then he ends up responding with like I I don't have any good ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where like a lot of his anger and like kind of like I think he puts a lot of his self-worth into the simple fact that he like he wants to be like this creative like genius and I want to be an author and I want to be you know like uh, I want to be renowned and whatever but he's just not that good yeah. so I think that he's got like this pent up like anger that he knows that he's not that good and he's just pissy about it yeah I think it's like a lot of things I think it's that I think it's that he really wants to drink again and he can't yeah. I think he just straight up hates his family <laughs> He, and like he, for what reason? Like I think it's just the I mean, he just he's just an angry guy. Yeah, I mean Shelley Duvall is kind of annoying in the film, yeah. but I mean that's what Stanley Kubrick kind of wanted her to be. Yeah. So in that way, it adds more of that reason for him. Yeah. Um, Danny. It's just Danny. Weird kid with the red rum and the finger thing, but that's Tony. The, <laughs> yeah, that's The Shining. So yeah. I mean, like, you can't really be mad at him. Yeah. Um, I I, I don't know. I I think that um. Yeah, I, I, so one of the things is, you know, it, it didn't take very much time for him to kind of start distancing himself from the family because I think it's like you said where it's like, oh, it's like one month later and now like they're kind of like in full swing of like being the caretakers and they're kind of like now like in their routines and stuff. Yeah. And, and Shelly Duvall comes up to Jack and she's like, you know, hey, do you want to go for a walk today? And he's like, no, I can't. I got to write. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just like pushes her away. So like you kind of already have that. Like it only yeah. took a month and now and he's already just so disconnected from his family. I know. And I think part of it, too, is when Danny does like realize he has the shining. I think it partially like awakens the hotel yeah. For a sense, and then that also leads Jack into madness. Yeah. Because it just it it's one more 
component to add to him. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, part of this discussion needs to be the simple fact of, like, Jack's relationship with this hotel. Yeah. Um, because they, they go on to say, too, like, when he's talking to, like, Lloyd and when he's talking to the previous caretaker who is now, like, a butler there. And it's like, you've always been the caretaker. Yeah. Yeah, so there's definitely... There's a relationship. Well, it, there's a relationship, and there's, like, in... It, you know, you have to kind of give yourself to, like, this world of paranormal. Mm-hmm. And in this paranormal world, there seems to be, like, time doesn't move, line- like, in a linear, uh, you know, in a linear way in this movie, right? Like, Tony, his little, like, finger imaginary friend guy, I think in the in the in Stephen King's book, it's revealed that that is that is Danny yeah. talking to himself, but mm-hmm. t- Tony is like an older version of him, and he's basically just like trying to like help him and guide him. Yeah. Um. So you can clearly tell that there is no like linear path of like what's going on here. So, um, I think in my opinion, when Jack has that first sit down at the bar. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, and he's getting his drink and he's talking to the bartender and, and whatnot. The bartender acknowledges him like he's known him forever. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there's this point where th- at that point now the hotel has Jack. Like Jack has now been there and he, he now has this history mm-hmm. with the hotel already. Well, there's also an interesting point, too, like, right before Lloyd shows up, when he's just sitting at the bar, Mm -hmm. and, like, he's got his head down, he says the line, I would give anything for a drink, even my goddamn soul. Yeah. And then he looks up, and it's like, oh, hey, Lloyd, how you doing? And it's almost as if the hotel heard that and was like, oh, you want to give up your soul? Here, come come come. on. Yeah, come on. We'll we'll take your soul for you. Yeah, a soul for a Jack Daniels? That's pretty, (laughs) it's not not a bad trade. (laughs) Jack Daniels for Jack Torres. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I really think that. I I think, I believe that there is like this weird time manipulation thing where he sits down at that bar and he kind of opens himself up to the hotel and then the hotel just runs in and takes him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously... That has to do, too, with room uh, 237? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So, like, when she when he walks in there and there's that uh, curvy lady, <laughs> and uh, she ends up becoming a, a not-so-curvy lady. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Much more curvy and also kind of spongy. <laughs> and also kind of um, decrepit. Yeah. Um, he, you know, I mean, look... He, you could just tell that he is so just willing to find cheat any on his wife. <laughs> <laughs> just any means. Yeah. And, you know, I like when she's like a young, beautiful woman and he like starts kissing her and whatever. And he, you, you could just see that he's just so happy. Yeah. And then she turns into an old lady and then he freaks out and he runs away. Um, again, that's like another just step forward into the hotel having its like grasps on you. And obviously you have that really famous shot of the at the end of the movie with the black and white photo of him like you know it seems like it's he's been there forever yeah and that's where like a lot of people weirdly enough like get confused with i think people get confused and there's like all these like weird conspiracies and you and i sit on like the same you know ledge of like what it means and you're you're more than welcome to say what how, how how you feel about it i mean it's more of just like he's obviously had like some connection to the hotel beforehand so in at least from like seeing it this time i believe like his soul has been trapped here for like decades and 
it may just be like a new form of Jack coming, but he's always been like a part of the hotel. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know exactly what I, how I stand with that. I, I, I kind of just with the whole thing of like me saying that I think that the, the, the time doesn't move linear in like in mm-hmm. a linear fashion. That I, I think that, I think that at the end of the movie, when you see the, his photo, he has been there forever. Mm-hmm. But when when he was there with his family, he wasn't there yet. Like you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is no linear path of like it being there. It's just kind of like one of those things where it's like once it's it's, it's like a wormhole kind mm-hmm. of. You know what I mean? Where it's like he can almost like view himself being at the hotel mm-hmm. at the at, at some point. You know what I mean? So that's where I stand. Where it's just kind of like the hotel that just kind of like makes him part of part of it. And then that's like where he stands. I mean, there are some theories of like, oh, it's I, I mean, I've heard theories of like, oh, that's not even that's not Jack in the photo. That's no, that's Jack. That's in the photo. Uh, that's like a like somebody who looks very close to Jack. And mm-hmm. then that actual guy is uh, a re- like the guy that we're following is just like a reincarnation of him. And then and I'm just like, listen, yeah. I don't think so at all. Like, I definitely at feel least like, not in the Kubrick film. No, his soul is trapped to the hotel. Yeah, that I believe. Yeah, like plain and simple. Yeah, I I kind of like where you're going with it, where it's like, it's not the same time frame. Yeah. So like maybe Jack's been here this whole time, but like, uh, Shelley Duvall and like Danny have just come in and like. It's it's still almost like with Lloyd, where like they can see each other, but they're not physically there. Right. So like, they're just... I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen. There's this movie called The Ghost Story, mm-hmm. and it's basically about uh, this guy who gets killed, and he's got like this really really like deep connection to like this house. So, like he doesn't really want to move. Like him and his girlfriend move in there, and he just doesn't want to leave. And she's like, I don't understand why you don't want to leave this house. And he ends up getting into a car accident, and he dies. But then you're watching him watch his, like, girlfriend go through, like, the grieving process. And then, um, and then like, he, can't, he just cannot leave this house. Mm-hmm. So she moves out, and then he watches new people come in. And then he literally, like, watches the entirety of this home get destroyed. And then... It goes back in time to like the Pilgrim era of like that land, that piece of land, and what what has happened there. And then it goes back, or then then it goes forward, where then he is still a ghost, mm-hmm. but he is then watching himself and his girlfriend come in and look at the house with the real estate agent to decide if they want to move in there or not. Oh, and that's kind of like where I think that that like yeah. this movie kind of takes place, where it's like he's been there forever. Mm-hmm. And he and he's just watching himself with his family move, like come in and then go insane. Yeah. And I think that that's really what that black and white photo kind of represents. Yeah. Is, where it's like, when did he actually first come to the hotel? Right. Um, but yeah, I think that Jack. It's interesting because he's not a, he's not really a likable character. No, he I mean right he from the start, he's very. I mean, Jack Nicholson is who he is in, like, most films. Yeah. I mean, I, I get, like, straight up, like, when he was the Joker vibes for, like, a good portion of this film. Yeah. And, like, I'm always kind of waiting for him to just, like, snap on somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's part of how easy it is for him to transition into madness yeah. in this film, where he's already on edge, and he's already so willing to just, like, pick a fight 
as, yeah. at a moment's notice. Yeah. And then you have this hotel that kind of like locks him in. And now he's stuck with his family that he doesn't really like. And he can't write, which is the only thing that he really wants to do. And he also can't have a drink. And it's just him going insane yeah. from all of this. Like, it all just adds together yeah. to really, like, bring him where he was going to snap either way. Mm-hmm. I think the hotel just, like we said before, it really, like, nudged him to yeah. do so. And I think that one of the one of the highlights of the film and where, where you can really see, like, the type of man that he is is the the fact that when he finally succumbs to the insanity and decides like that he's going to start killing people mm-hmm. he actually enjoys it yeah he's free he's he he's laughing he's making jokes he's enjoying the hunt mm-hmm. you know like he like when 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 he's chasing Danny in the in the field or in the maze yeah. he's he's enjoying the the hunt of trying to find him and the and and he's enjoying the hunt and 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 he's enjoying scaring him like he likes the idea of scaring him and I, I mean even when when uh you know Shelly Duvall's in the bathroom and Jack comes up with the axe and he starts you know hacking down the door I mean he even makes like the little pigs joke and then and then obviously there's the the joke of here's Johnny when yeah. he, when he sticks his head through and he's enjoying toying with them and it almost feels as if like this has been being built up for so long in their marriage that he's just finally like you said where like he's free mm-hmm. and he's like I can finally kill you and I've <laughs> never been more happy in my life. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> uh, not really. <laughs> no, it's definitely not a good thing, but I mean, it is just it's it's who he is. He's yeah, a, he's a, an extremely extremely flawed man. Mm-hmm. And Kubrick it's one of Kubrick's staples where he likes to follow people that are flawed or yeah. that have like these weird, interesting backgrounds or stories to them. And look, The Shining for me is like top five horror films of all time. Yeah, I think this is the perfect horror movie. I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I think that like, mo- like modern day horror. Any any like like really really fantastic modern day horror film is usually somehow influenced by this movie. Like yeah. one of my favorite horror movies now that that in like the past like you know recent five years mm-hmm. is Ari Aster's Hereditary. Yeah, and it's very similar in the in the aspect of the horror isn't so much. The, the jump scares mm-hmm. and the and the oh look at the, look at all these scary ghosts the horror is the descent of the family and yeah. that's really what the shining is the shining is watching a family break apart and that's mm-hmm. what hereditary is hereditary is watching a family break apart yeah. and that's what i think most that's what the witch is yep. you know robert eggers that's that's what the witch is right it's the it's a film about a family falling apart mm-hmm. and i think that that's really really where the shining kind of put its foot in, you know, like put it, put its uh, foot in, in, in the ground and was like, this is what horror should be about. Yeah. And that's why too, like eventually I do want to do like a, a talk of just the shining. Cause there's yeah. so much more to talk about other than just Jack's, yeah. like just the settings and like the lighting and the music that went with it yeah. and like the sound design mm-hmm. and 
the actual horror elements and everything that goes along with the film of like here's building up tension here's building up like the family here's building up madness yeah it's too much to do just in this one yeah and we kind of like mentioned like way back whenever we do the shining it'll probably be like a two-part episode yeah because it's just so much yeah but i mean there there's so much more to this and then there's the whole like conspiracy theories with it too. The moon landing. Yeah, where it's like Stanley Kubrick is hiding that in The Shining. Yeah, with like just subtle nuances. Yeah. Oh, I love this movie. <laughs> it's very, it's very, very good. And Jack Torrance is a staple in horror. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Jack Nicholson appreciates it because he's just. I don't know. Jack Nicholson just comes across to me as like a like a I don't give a fuck guy. He's just kind of like whatever. You know what I mean? Like he he's just. I mean, do you, <laughs> do it takes remember, a lot to get on his good side. Do you remember that? Uh, I don't know if you saw like that really famous photo that happened where Jack Nicholson brought a bowl of chili to an NBA game yes. and spilled it everywhere. Because <laughs> Jack Nicholson, right as of like as of the recording, is like eight thousand pounds. Like I don't. He's just so fat. Um, but I mean, back in Jack's prime, mm-hmm. he was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we did one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Mm -hmm. And I think that Jack really uh, excels when he's playing these like unhinged characters. You know, yeah, it's fine when he's playing like the like the oh, like anger management. Yeah, like like whatever. Like, you know, he's just playing like whatever. But like Jack in his prime and and, you know, where he really, really accelerates is these unhinged, unstable characters. Yeah. And Jack Torrance is a prime example of of what Jack Nicholson I mean look let's just I mean we could talk I could talk about Jack forever like the facial expressions mm-hmm. that he's able to convey in in this film I mean it you I, there, there is so much that you can take away from his facial expressions just in certain especially sh- too like when he's having the dream of killing Shelly and Danny yeah and like just him eyes closed just yelling and then Shelly comes over and like just hey what's going on and wakes him up and like he's just freaking out and like he's spitting everywhere yeah it's one of my favorite shots of his facial expressions in the film yeah I mean there are just like there's just him looking at them in the snow when when he's like looking out the window when he's starting to go insane yeah because that's like the first inkling of like oh fuck I could murder these two (laughs) (laughs) I could do it and no one would know I could do it (laughs) um there's who's uh, the the other guy that has like the shining ability? Uh, Danny Scatman. I don't remember yeah. like his full name. Hallow Halloran. Mm-hmm. So when Jack kills Halloran and he puts the axe to his chest, and then you get like that amazing like Jack. So you're looking at like this uh, like uh, kind of like a wall. Like yeah. there's kind of like nothing in frame. And then Jack's back slowly starts, like, raising. And then you see, like, his hair and then his head. And right after he kills him, you see, like, that grin, that smile of, like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got the taste for it now. And and now he just wants to murder everyone. Jack Nicholson's facial expressions as Jack Torrance in The Shining, I think that you could honestly just do, like, an entire, like, you could learn so much f- f- about Acting, yeah, just on facial expressions, and I think Kubrick's The Shining is like a perfect example of it. Absolutely, yeah, I um, love this film. I think it's, I, I I love the film. I think Jack is one of the craziest fucking characters that you can watch, and um, 
and and it's really really fun to see him go crazy yeah and and to watch and i think that's something that that's important is like you, you like you i think follow the madness with him yeah and i think that that's it's an important thing that that to do where you where you where you you know where the movie's going for the most part you're like i know that he's going to go crazy i mean it's set up right away it's yeah. like hey the the old caretaker Everyone goes murder. crazy yeah. here. <laughs> uh, yeah, the old the old caretaker like butchered his family with an axe, and then by the end of this movie, Jack's got an axe and he's yeah. trying to butcher his family. Mm. Um, so like it's set up so you know where it's gonna go, but then when you when you finally reach that point, and you have Jack like fucking limping and chasing and running after his family, and uh, you know when he's like walking up the stairs towards Shelley Duvall and 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 she hits him with the with the baseball bat yeah. and all that. I mean, there's just so many iconic scenes. Um, Do you think he had like any point where he could have redeemed himself? Not really, right? Not, I, redeemed? I don't. The thing is, like Jack Torrance just doesn't. He didn't. He doesn't want to. He, he was set up for yeah, redemption. Yeah, there was there was no redeeming qualities about him. I mean, again, the book is a little di- is is different. Where like Jack is actually like kind of a little bit more likable, and then he goes crazy, and then at the end he actually like saves the family. In this movie, I mean, it's just like I'm here to kill you. <laughs> and that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that Jack is uh, a lovable, insane, insane man. Yeah. I like I like him. Although there's not many likable things about him. It's just I like, like him as a character. I like him. <laughs> not <laughs> so much. I think, like I think it's because like you and I just always like resonate so much with like the villains. Like we we always just love villains in in films. Yeah. And very clearly, Jack is a villain in this movie. And at the same time, too, like it's so much easier to do a character study on someone who's going through the process of going mad. Yeah. Rather than like, hey, here's the good guy who has nothing wrong with him. Yeah. Exactly. It's boring. It's boring. Like, what's the <laughs> point? Yeah. Like most character. Yeah. Like most interesting characters in films are the flawed ones. Yeah. And that, of course, is that is no exception for Jack Torrance. And that's why we do character studies. That's why we do them. Frank, uh, you got a got anything else? Uh, I have a recommendation. No, other than that. No. No, other than <laughs> anything else than that. No. <laughs> okay, what's up? All right. Uh, so I have a recommendation. Something that I personally feel very strongly about, mm-hmm. and that is vinyl records. Go karting. That sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um. So. I am a very, very big proponent of physical media. Yeah. I like to buy. I like to buy movies. Right. I buy Blu-rays, and I'm a big, big proponent of supporting artists and musicians by buying vinyl records. And I think that records have a special place in my heart because it's a little bit of a different experience listening to it um, than your typical like, oh, I'm playing it through my car on my phone or through Bluetooth or whatever it may be. There's there is like this more intimacy with a with a record. It's a little bit more inconvenient, yeah. obviously, because you got to have the whole setup. You got to have the whole setup, and uh, you know, once af- once you hit after you hit a certain track, and that and you know the one side of the record is done, you got to like flip it over, mm-hmm. and there's like some maintenance that you have to do with them. But um, there is nothing nothing like listening to a vinyl record, in my opinion. I think that. Um, they add a lot of depth to a room. I think mm-hmm. they, they add, it, it's a really, really great like conversational piece. Like to have somebody like come over and be like, Oh wow, look at all your records and then look at your records. And then it's, it sparks a conversation. Right. Um, and then just putting a record on and listening to them together is it just has a very different sound. To it's, like it's, music it's a now. different sound. It's a different, it's just a different experience altogether. Um, 
and similar to like movies where it's like I just really really enjoy like discussing film and talking about movies and like there's like this sense of like community with you know when I when I meet somebody it always comes up like hey what's your favorite movie like are you into movies like what do you like blah blah, blah. and like that kind of is you know the propelling that is the inciting incident to like my friendship with somebody usually is like we discuss oh, well. films <laughs> and then and then we go from there um but i think you know music is is is, is the same and having mm. having a record collection and having physical records there and just being able to, first off they're just fucking cool yeah like they're just they really are like you know when an artist actually like takes time and like cares about their records and uh, you know, adds like cool little things like with like when you buy, you get this or you get that or whatever it may be. You just get like, you know, it, it, art, like sometimes, you know, you get like posters, stuff like that. Like it's, yeah. just, it's just like a fun um, experience. And like I said, I think that it's a really, really great conversational piece as well where someone comes over and they see a record collection and then it's just something that always tends to spark a conversation. And then, you know, from there on, you can just bond with somebody over music. Um, and that's something that's really important to me. So I highly recommend a record player and I highly recommend buying records and listening to them and taking care of them and loving them and kissing just like them. my father <laughs> didn't do. No, Kissing uh, them on the forehead <laughs> or on the lips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it guys. Jack Torrance, yep. vinyl records. Zach, take us out. Well, first I'm going to say what we're doing next. Oh yeah. I forgot that we do that. God, you never listen to me. <laughs> Frank, we're doing V for Vendetta next. Ooh, yeah. I like me some V for Vendetta. Alan Moore. Natalie Didn't... Portman shaved head. Yeah. Mm. Isn't, um, who's in that? Jude Law? Isn't Jude Law V? No. no. Well, we'll have everything no, ready Jude for Law's you. Not v, we'll no. have everything ready for you next time. <laughs> Jack Black is V. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm right. come to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I wasn't right. prepared for that joke. Take guys. Out. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, I wish we could stay here forever and ever.